up and welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling episode 45. I'm your host, the Double R Superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe. And I'm here with the professional, Blake Short. You never cared about me and now I'm the most evil son of a pig on the planet. And the unprofessional, Greg Overson. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Today's news includes back-to-back pay-per-views and Goldberg in AEW, all leading to our main event, the R&R Battle Royale, featuring Raw, NXT, and SmackDown Live. However, before we talk wrestling, let's talk about our week. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Uh, mainly because I didn't really have an eventful week. Um, yesterday was my wife's birthday. We're not going to get into what we had for dinner because the two guys right here like to give me shit for it. Now, what was it? It's bacon mac. Not bacon mac and cheese. So there's no cheese. Mac. No. Basically, they boiled some macaroni and put some bacon on top. And some sauce. And you don't see the problem with this. No. Because no it's no freaking cheese. delicious. No. Stop knocking it until you try it. Absolutely. That's it. I'm going to get Kim to make it and have you guys over for dinner one night. I'm going to ask her, ma'am, is there cheese? I'm not coming over for that. That's messed up. That's messed up. All right, well, what else do you got? Um, I found out that my car is going to take 10 days to be repaired. It's a good amount of time? Uh, Yeah, at least 10 days is what they told me. sounds like it's Uh, pretty fast. I need a whole new door. Um... They need to replace my rim because apparently that got bent up. Um, it's more so annoying uh, because they gave me a really nice rental car. It's a 2019 Dodge Charger. And I am not about to have somebody hit it and be considered my fault and have to pay $750 out of pocket. So I paid for the additional coverage, which is $14 a day. That is expensive when it comes down to having my car be gone for 10 plus days. Uh, that's the part that's most annoying about it. Um, I expected it to take a little bit. It's more so the financial side of it. Other than that, that was my week. All right. Blake, what about you? I've got three thoughts Okay. for this week. The three thoughts of Blake. The three thoughts of Blake. Number one, a running joke within our group of friends has been that I never had a childhood. At some point this week, I had a thought that reminded me of how great MTV shows in the 2000s were. And once I started to run down the list, I realized what I spent my childhood doing. Jackass, Room Raiders, Pimp My Ride, Cribs, Robin Big, Silent Library, Real World, Next, and Punked. That's what I did in my childhood. I found my calling in life this past weekend, and I'm certain that with this skill I can change the world. Our friend Colby and I went 10-0 at Cornhole during a birthday party. I didn't realize that another friend of ours, Eric, plays in tournaments, and I was kicking his ass. Felt good to have some drinks and play, and I'm looking forward to doing that more often. And lastly, Ludicrous Area Codes came on last night, and it reminded me of 13-year-old Blake singing this song during an all-night skate at Skateland. However, I did not have any hoes at this time. If you are not familiar with the song, it is, I've got hoes, oh. hoes, in different area codes. And that's what I got for this week. Now I can't stop thinking about that. It's Skateland. Thanks. All right. Well, the first thing we're going to talk about for me is the fact that apparently there was a really awesome birthday party that I wasn't invited to. 
Uh, the second thing is that earlier this week, we used to do uh, something uh, It was called Three Movie Night, where we would go and... Alright, so we used to have a thing that we did called Three Movie Night, where the three of us, sometimes four of us, it would usually either be me, Wingate, and Colby, or me, Wingate, Antonio, and Colby, would go to the movie theaters and see three movies in a row, back to back. Uh, unfortunately, that's not something that we're able to do lately, so we did a three-movie night at home. Uh, it was Wingate and Antonio and I got on chat. We watched The Witches, James and the Giant Peach, and Jurassic Park 2. So that was a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, but let's jump into some of the news for the week. The early speculation is SummerSlam will feature multiple matches booked to leave a rematch open that will take place a week later at Payback. Dave Meltzer said Payback being a week after SummerSlam is just an experiment WWE is running with to see how it works out. Let's be a part of the experiment. Going into this weekend, how do you guys feel about this news? I'm going to get a feel for the room for how we're all feeling about this sort of thing, and then we can come back and discuss after Payback to see if it was a success. Greg, why don't you get us started? So once I heard payback was announced for the very like the very next week, um, my immediate thought was one or two of these matches are definitely going to be rematches. They don't have time to book any type of feuds or anything in one week. There's no way to to start a program in just a week. Um, so I'm not too upset about it because I was expecting it. I more so think Payback's just too soon after this pay-per-view. I'm not interested in that at all. I think that's a just a bad setup in general. I'm usually not one to enjoy rematches, especially so soon, a week later. In fact, I've complained in the past about WWE doing rematches on Raw after a pay-per-view. It's just something that I don't enjoy. I don't see the point of doing it again, especially when title matches are involved. I, I don't think this is going to be a very good experiment, and I have, as much as I'm looking forward to SummerSlam, I'm going to be probably the opposite for Payback. I don't really like when we have pay-per-views back-to-back, because I feel like definitely the first pay-per-view is mostly just to set up rematches and stuff like that, but I think with this case specifically, it seems like they really have something planned. I think it's going to end up being a success. Alright, just to see Blake's head explode, let's have some fun. What is the absolute most damage that Goldberg could do in the same way we've seen with our favorites in WWE? I fucked that up because I read the... the yeah, I'll, I'll fix it for you. So basically, Cody Rhodes recently told a fan that AEW had no contact with Goldberg and recent word they wanted to bring him in isn't real. So just to fuck with me, we're going to go over... How badly Goldberg can destroy AEW and piss me off. So I guess I should get us started here. Uh, I and my answer may disappoint you. I don't think it's possible for the for him to do anything worse in AEW than he did in WWE to Kevin Owens, who was my absolute favorite at the time and had reached the pinnacle as Universal Champion, to lose him in two seconds, and then to come back again and defeat. The wrestler that I had the most hype for, 
The Fiend, someone who was unbreakable at the time. Uh, it, it can't get worse than that. Uh, there's nobody that I can think of in AEW. I mean, what, are you going to throw Moxley at me? Nah. Won't won't be the same level. Uh, Luke Harper, which aka isn't Luke Harper, but Brody Lee. No. Uh, there's, I don't know. Do you guys have anything? Because I don't think there's anything that could disappoint me as much as Goldberg beating The Fiend and Kevin Owens. Uh, yes, showing up in general. Yeah, I mean, that's very disappointing. Uh, I, uh, I don't want to see his face in AEW at all. I like that AEW gives us a feel with like the legends and they bring ones in here and there to give, you know, a little more hype to the show. Goldberg isn't one of those that they need to bring in. Goldberg has he WWE ruined any chance of me getting back behind Goldberg. So being an AEW won't change that. I don't want to see it happen. So I think the best use of Goldberg going off of what we've seen in the WWE I think night one, just to make a big impact, he's gonna have to defeat. He's gonna have to defeat uh, Jurassic Express in a three-on-one handicap match. <laughs> then, as Hangman Page has earned the number one contendership and he is on his way to the championship, I think Goldberg should interfere and he should wrestle Adam Page with the winner getting the championship match. And I think that Goldberg should just take a shit on Hangman's chest. And that should count the three count. Okay. And I think that will be the equivalent of what we've seen in his run in WWE the last few years. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he pretty much shit on the fiend. So yeah. All right. There's some talk of WWE bringing back Saturday night's main event in some form, as PW Insider notes. The company has put in trademark applications for it. Now, that's enemy is a little before our time, but it got me thinking more and more about wrestling's history, which leads me to our last question today. If you could reach into the wrestling vault and bring back any one match stipulation, TV show, championship belt, etc., anything from wrestling's past, what would it be? I'm going to go ahead and say the easiest one for me is the Hardcore Championship. God damn it. I knew I should have went first. It it had to be the easiest decision here. Just the, the simple fact that anywhere, anytime, the Hardcore rules... We used to see people getting beat up backstage in restaurants, people breaking into hotel rooms and beating the shit out of people. I loved that. You never knew when it was going to happen. Some weeks it wouldn't happen. Some weeks it would happen multiple times in one show. I just enjoyed the way that they handled that belt. And growing up, that belt was such an icon to kids. How many kids had a belt that their friends could come and take 24-7, they could just they randomly would get into fights and, and you know play around wrestling and the title would change hands. It's, it that belt meant a lot as a kid. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna give you another answer for the sake of giving other answers because for me, without even diving into deep thought, it was the hardcore championship. When they gave us the twenty four seven championship, I was hoping it could be like the hardcore championship, just without the name, and it failed. It wasn't, you know, it's anytime, anywhere, but there's, it's, it's a roll up anytime, anywhere instead of weapons and the weapons made hardcore. Uh, it, there were so many great moments with the hardcore championship. In fact, most of my wrestling childhood was us, like Greg kind of mentioned, having a fake hardcore championship and defending that belt and taking it on the bus. And when you got off the bus, not knowing which friend was going to hit you in the back of the head, playfully to take the hardcore championship so 
that is by far what I would have liked to seen return to WWE. Okay, for me, going back, there's something that we'll never be able to replicate, but it's something I always notice when I watch back any YouTube videos or watch on the WWE Network, and that's the flash photography. I think that that always added so much to the moments. Uh, that would be something that I would love to bring back and that I don't think we'll ever be able to... I don't think we'll have anything quite like that again. All right, moving on to Rant and Rave for the week. Uh, this week's rotation is Erbig. That it is. That is Roy Blake Gregg. Uh, and my number one rant for the week is easily and hopefully unanimously going to go to the NBA for making it so that I did not get to watch any <laughs> AEW this week. Easily the number one rant for me. I don't I don't know what show that goes on. Uh from... writing a special box for NBA. <laughs> but you know what? I I'm not gonna argue that. I actually watched some of the NBA playoffs. I did not on Wednesday night. But I was missing my dynamite on Wednesday. So now I don't know how the hell I'm gonna manage this on Saturday because I'm working tonight and I need to watch Takeover and Dynamite. So a lot of a lot of wrestling happening at one time where it probably shouldn't have. So yeah. My number one rant is going to NXT. It's Dakota Kai against a jobber from insert generic high school here who has a four-inch vertical and is a quote-unquote creative competitor. Because she's six foot tall. Um, Now, I I had Dakota, uh, like this match, and I'll add a little bit to it instead of giving it a whole other rant. It's just... Dakota is going sour for me. This heel roll, it, it had a lot of potential, and now it's just, it's not working for me. The constant need of Raquel Gonzalez, and just, um, it's, I know it's the typical heel, I'm better than you, then I'm going to run, or I'm going to use something else in my favor to get up on you. But it's just not going well for me with her. She is like, I'm going to do it all my own. And then Raquel comes out, and I'm like, oh, never saw that coming. Wow, I've never seen that. I've never seen a heel say that they're not going to use that big person who's helping them out all the time for the title match, and then they show up right before the title match. Holy shit. She got me. All right, so my number one is going to SmackDown, and it's going to be Jeff Hardy winning the Intercontinental title. And my reasoning for this is it, again, I feel like each week I bitch about a certain formula that WWE consistently uses. And we've mentioned this one more than once on this podcast. And that is the overcoming every single odds that are against you. You get attacked. Apparently you have this serious knee injury. The whole time I'm told he can't even put weight on that knee. And then what happens? He gets up, puts weight on that knee, and wins the title. I, one, don't think it... I, I know putting something like that on on a live show gives that live show a little bit of a better feel, but I don't think that this should have been on there. I don't think AJ should have lost the title. I feel like that was too soon, but I also feel like they, don't, they didn't really know how they were using AJ with the title. Um, 
But it, it for me, it's the Hardy winning it because he beats all odds. I've got a couple of comments about this. I almost put it on the rant list. I didn't write it down at all. It it didn't feel important. Uh, it my, my biggest issue when I really thought about it and what almost made me write it down was that I just had Matt Riddle in a title match with AJ Styles, and he lost. And that is the type of guy who should be getting the Intercontinental title. Instead, he takes four steps backwards by losing that match, and they gave it to Jeff Hardy, who didn't need the Intercontinental title. Uh, the other comment that I have is, AJ Styles, the analytics were in his favor, and he just couldn't come through. The best part was the interview after where they, they hit him with the music. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, he wasn't even done talking yeah, yet. Yeah, time's like, up, bud. Yeah, time's up, Jeff. Get out of here. All right, my number one rave for the week is going to go to the opening of SmackDown. The unveil of the Thunderdome was fantastic. I love what they're doing with the audience. Obviously, I know the MV- the NBA did something similar, so they weren't the first ones to do that. But I still think it's pretty awesome. I think the newer the new setup was pretty great. Uh, starting it with Vince. Vince is one of those characters that's pretty protected, so you know that if you see his name on the card, he's going to be there. Something's going down. And what a great choice to have The Fiend be one of the first people that we see with this new setup because he was able to really utilize all of it. And The Fiend being face-to-face with Vince was such a holy shit moment. Uh, with Braun making the save and then eventually Retribution, there are so many things that were all coming together I had no idea what the hell was going on. I had no idea who was aligned with who, why anybody was even out here, what they were hoping to accomplish. And it was just a such, it was such a great feeling. I, I echo all that. That was my number one rave as well. I love seeing the fiend face to face with Mr. McMahon. I, and I was trying to think of like other moments that Mr. McMahon has been paired with someone like of that nature, you know, like undertaker back in the day or Kane and we've had some of those moments, and this one felt like just different to me. And I, I, it made me realize that the stigma of the fiend has come back for me, uh, even through the damage that he took by Goldberg, who we mentioned earlier. It's it's back. Uh, I'm I'm fully on board with the fiend. I'm on board with Braun and the new character, and then Retribution shows up, and I'm like, wow, they, there was so much going on at one time, and it was so cool. And I kind of, you know, I liked what The Fiend did where he just kind of, the lights go out and he disappeared. I wouldn't have mind seeing The Fiend and Braun just beat the shot of Retribution too. But at the same time, I think it was good for Retribution to yeah, get, to, to be protected here and beat up somebody like Braun. Because when it was just Braun by himself, I'm like, fuck, Braun's going to knock out 10 people and they're just going to look kind of goofy. And that, that's not what happened. So I think they did a great job all around with that moment. Since that was taken from me, my number one rave for this week, I'm going to go to the start of Raw. And I think Retribution taking over the TV truck and messing up the graphics and pulling the show off the air was pretty cool. They're they're doing some cool things with Retribution. I, I think they're limited in somewhat based off like kind of the things they do. So some of the things we're seeing from them, it, it's been a little repetitive. But this was pretty neat. I, I liked it. I thought it was a cool way to start the show. Immediately before anyone's even shown the graphics or it's like now and forever were kind of messed up. So you knew something was going on from the start. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a cool start to Raw. All right. My number one. Sorry. I am a professional. Holy shit. 
Uh, my number one is going to Raw as well. Um, and it's going to be the Sasha and Bailey promo. And the reason behind this, and this could be just WWE once again throwing me a curveball. But it finally feels like we're getting that that animosity between each other. That, you know, uh, I'm better than you type feel um, uh, competition between the two. And it, it really capped it off with Bailey saying, I'll go first and I'll soften her up for you. Uh, basically just saying, like, she doesn't need, she can take Asuka at 100% and Bailey can't. Uh, essentially saying she's going to win both titles, win the one for Bailey. Um, I, that's why I feel uh, only one of them lose the title this this weekend. Um, I don't know where it's going. Like I said, we could get something at uh, what what's the next one we're getting? Payback. Payback. Um, at payback, we could see them lose the titles altogether, and that could start something. I don't know. If anything, I wished it would have been for SummerSlam, um, but I'm glad that we're finally getting to a point where they seem like they're they're tired of each other. They're actually at a point where each each one of them thinks that they're better than the other. Is there any way that this stretches all the way to Mania at this point? Is that a possibility, and is that something that you That's think can happen? a program, but at this point, what else do they really have to build on? It just if we're not getting evolution two, which you know doesn't yeah. look like it, then I I wonder if this is just a mania match and and can WWE pull this off and and have this continue on until then? I don't know. I I I'd be interested to see if they can. Absolutely. My next rant is going to go to Raw. It's going to go for the draw on Raw Underground. I can't understand. Why so early in its inception, you already need to establish that there can be draws, that there can be no finishes. Who was the draw? The Raw Underground. Was it the two big dudes? Was it um, the guy who was holding the 24-7 title Riddick for a Moss. little bit? Riddick Moss. And, someone else. and the guy from NXT. I forget his name, but I, I can... It, Ar, Ruas. Arturo Ruas, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah. They, just, they just couldn't help themselves but to establish that sometimes nobody wins here either. And it's just so, it's like we're three or four weeks in and it's just crazy to me that that, it, with a fresh new concept, all the new ideas they could be going with, already three weeks in we're doing this one. That doesn't, that doesn't bode well for the future for me. As much as I'm enjoying Raw Underground, I just can't believe that one of your new ideas was to do a draw. In, an, in a Raw Underground, it's gritty, it's edgy, it's real, but sometimes it's a draw. we also draw. <laughs> So, <laughs> it, it's it's very obvious that this is a complete rip of Fight Club, uh, especially now that they're using the Thunderdome. I don't know if either of you have seen the movie, but Fight Club is essentially the way that they're fighting in, in Raw Dark or whatever they're calling it, and then Raw Dark, Dark. <laughs> after Raw our, Underground, Underground, Raw whatever the hell they're called, oh, I don't boy. know. And then uh, Thunderdome is the arena that they fought in in in. Fight Club. And in Fight Club, the only rule about Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club, so I can no longer be in Fight Club. Mm. Do they have draws? But there was no draws. Oh, okay. And and I agree with Roy. When I saw that happen, all I could think was, they just ruined this. Just they completely ready. ruined this for me. help yourself, but to do it. It's, not, guys, it's not ruined. They but could have yeah. easily let it's them just, go until so one of them got the win. But no, we have to, we have to save both of these big guys. 
One, Riddick was already destroyed when he got the 24-7 title and then lost it. But, yes, a draw, especially this early on, no. Roy, what was your comment about Shane McMahon the first week? Do you remember? Do you recall what you said? I nope. asked if this was a billionaire's midlife crisis. I am seeing it every week. <laughs> he When he gets hyped up in the middle of the matches... I'm like, this feels exactly what Roy this Roy had is, said the first week. This when you have too much money to spend. Yeah, he's you... just th- he's thrown together fights, and Shane is having so much like, yeah, fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, a kick! He's doing commentary, oh, but he's God. like hyping oh, okay. it. Yeah, you I... all notice that he calls the match way too early? That's it, stop it! And, no, and they're still <laughs> just like, he hasn't even slammed him to the ground yet, and it's like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I'm enjoying Shane as much as I'm enjoying everything else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was a misstep for All Underground, definitely. My next rant, I I feel bad for doing this, but it, it is how I feel, so I'm going to do it. My next rant is going to go to Sonya Deville. And I apologize because of what, what she went through in her personal life. On SmackDown? Yes. The promo she got? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time tonight, it's time for Rant versus Rave. I just, I can't enjoy her promo work. I, I, everybody knows, we've talked about Sonya and Mandy and how much we enjoyed the whole storyline. And then it's soured. And it, it soured because of Sonya. It, it wasn't because of Mandy. It, it's strictly because of Sonya. And this promo did not work for me. It gave me information that, unfortunately, was disappointing. That we were going from from hair versus hair to loser leaves WWE. I thought it was a brutal promo. And honestly, when she said loser leaves WWE, I was like, well, you know what? This means no more brutal promos from Sonya. So... I'm okay with it. And I feel bad for having that thought. You know what's crazy is I thought that this was the best showing of Sonya Deville that we've had so far. I've talked a lot about wanting her. I, I, I think I've even said that I want her gone because she was so annoying to me every week and I just didn't feel like she was progressing very well on the mic or in the ring. Um, I don't know if some of the stuff that's happened to her recently gave her that extra kick. But I thought that this was the most genuine promo she's cut since I've seen her there. I love the touch of, even though I hate that we're losing hair versus hair, I love that she said, oh, you're trying to back out of it, which is exactly what I said you would do. And I'm like, yeah, that is exactly what happened. She's, it does. You could put that spin that Mandy had those second guesses and didn't want to lose her hair. Um, but no, I thought that she talked. She talked really fluid. She didn't over pronounce each word as like I've seen her do a lot. She didn't try to make a ton of crazy facial expressions. She really looked to me like somebody that was just absolutely over it. Um, and even the, even when they threw in that, that bitch at the end, she didn't go, bitch, and make it real dramatic. It was a nice... Nice soft bitch. She was a nice soft bitch. She was a nice soft bitch. She was more. She was more fluid. I, I do agree with that. You know what? I think I didn't enjoy was there were some mannerisms in there, and at one point there was like a weird laugh at at one of the points, and that that threw me off a little bit. She was more fluid though. And those are the but those are the things that I felt like finally like those are the things she's been doing all along that have drove me nuts, and I felt like she's she perfected them in a way here. It definitely felt more natural. It didn't feel like somebody acting. I. I really felt it. Now, I will say I enjoyed the Dana Brooke segment. Because that was I think it was just it was quick. 
And that felt more in line with her character where, you know, she's like, I'm sorry about what happened. And she's like, disrespectful and slapped the shit over her. That I enjoyed. I just didn't enjoy the promo. So under my rave with Sonya, that was that was part of it too. I, sorry, I didn't mean basically, to. Basically, no, you're good, that. you're good. It all, it all goes into this one now. It basically was Sonya Deville was a rave for me this week. I felt like she killed it. All right, so I have a question. Uh, I know you guys are saying everything that happened, and I know about the incident and everything. Was there anything more than that with with the the home invasion and stuff? No, not that okay. I know of. Just because, just huh? They didn't touch on that yeah. on screen. No, what I'm saying is, you guys keep saying what happened to her. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's uh, what. No, yeah, I yeah. just didn't know if there was more to it or something else happened as well because I don't know. It may just be me. It happens to people just because she's got a name doesn't make me feel any different about Wait, it happening. So, cause, That's, so what happened was that the guy went to her house, successfully got into the house, and with him he had mace, uh, zip ties, and... It's a pretty I, shitty and situation. I, and, and I understand that. Not, that doesn't just happen to people. It does, though. You just don't hear about it all the time. There's people that do that shit. You just don't hear about it. I don't it. think they get in the house. He was that's the next. That's another and, level. And you flat out said yes. I was kidnapped. I think now. I think if it's like somebody like stalking and sending messages, yes, I agree. But like literally in the house, yeah, to get in your house, that's a little different. War, and I understand that. I'm not gone. taking anything away from it. I'm not saying it's not a shitty situation. I'm just saying to highlight it and everything because she's a famous person. That's that's part of the problem with the world. It's almost like it only matters because it happened to somebody with a name. So that didn't really. I didn't really feel anything as far as her character on television. I'm not saying it was okay, and I'm not saying I don't think that it was a shitty situation. I just think carrying it over to television and using that in the storyline, especially so soon, probably well, they, wasn't the best thing. They didn't. They didn't talk about that I know, but if you know about it, they, they're hinting at it. Anyway, back to the rant versus rape part. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little biased on this. I had it on my rant. I can't stand to see Sonya talk anymore. I feel like ever since the fake cry shit a couple of months ago, every time she talks, she has that same voice to her, and I think she's just crying the whole time. Um, whereas I do agree with Roy that what she said, she did call it uh, about Mandy trying to back out. I just, I personally cannot sit through her her promos without just thinking, I can't fucking stand to hear her voice. And that's just where I'm at with her. And this week, this week, I, I think pushed me over the edge. The fact that she's like, I'm going to approach everybody, and the first couple words just sounded to me like she was starting to cry. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. All right, what was your next rant for the week? Uh, my next one, uh, I'm going to go and give it to Raw. Um, and, and I feel like this week is just a bunch of me being over certain people, and it's Zelina Vega. I. I'm behind this faction. I'm no longer behind Zelina Vega as their manager. Uh, she's just slowly become the whiny bitch, and I can't take it, um, no matter what she does. Um, I think during the match, she was trying to protect Andrade, and like it, the whole time, it was just like she was she was afraid that... Who was Andrade facing? Uh, uh, Montez Ford? Or was it... No, Angelo Dawkins. They've done Which, whichever the, one, these variations so whichever much. Whichever one was that, freaking poison. Yeah. I can't remember. That's Montez. Montez. So, at one point, Montez just looks at her, and she, like, backs up into a corner, like, 
shaking and shit. And it's like, I just, I can't take the whininess, the whole, oh, oh, that's just me wearing this awesome jacket. You have no proof that I poison. Like, it's just the little things that she does anymore just annoy the shit out of me. It's the same thing on repeat, I feel. Okay. Whereas before it was fresh, she seemed she seemed like a very smart manager. She seemed like, you know, the things that she was she was doing, she I felt like she did bring a freshness to a manager. I just can't take her anymore. I, I would like for them to find out that Zelina wasn't poisoning Montez. She was just adding a little bit of fruit or something to his drink for him to enjoy it. And that Retribution was the one who really poisoned him. If they could swerve me in that way, I think that would be fantastic. I was just switching she just, it out with water. She just didn't want to admit that she was trying to flavor his drink or something like that. Because they, they did cut to the finish of this poisoning a little too quick. And they gave us the very obvious way. I'm going to tell you, as much as I like the Street Profits, I was kind of hoping it was Dawkins. And and I know we've seen that before. But I was like, whoa, that, that actually at this point right now would be a swerve that I would be down with. And then he basically comes forward and is like, you know, this is my reasoning, such and such. That would have been kind of neat for me. Zelina was obvious, but hey, maybe she was adding something different. We don't know it was poison, Greg. It was fiber. <laughs> All right, my next rave is going to go to Monday Night Raw. Shayna Baszler and Asuka defeating Bailey and Sasha Banks. Nia Jax came out halfway through this to start shit with Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler looks like an absolute beast in this match, taking back-to-back finishers, fighting off Bailey and Sasha by herself. And the booking with Sasha and Bailey and Asuka has been so good with all of them that even with wins and losses exchanging left and right on both shows lately, I still hold all of them in high regard. They've done a really great job with the women's division, I feel like, specifically because when I was watching this, I was thinking... Man, they really have a stacked women's division. They are doing a great job. Even with Bailey and Sasha monopolizing all the championships, there's an opportunity to come out of this better because they've really established a top line of people here. And watching this match, I was just so excited for everybody. And with Shayna probably being my favorite at the moment in there, I was really excited for how great she looked. I thought the Nia spot was cool. I wasn't anticipating that, where she just breaks open the, I was at plexiglass, that plexiglass, and attacks. But then the first thing I saw was Pat Buck. Yes. And I'm like, no, get out of there, Pat. You're going to get beat up again. Just leave it alone. He was pissed that Nia was there. Thought that was a nice touch. You know, I, I've said before, I'm not a huge fan of the champions taking the pin. I've seen a lot of Bailey getting pinned lately, and I think. They're almost positioning that as some of the storyline to where it's like Asuka has beaten her before. She can do it again type of story. But for Shayna to get it, Shayna does need something like that. So I'm okay with it. My next rave is going to SmackDown. And I'm going to go with the ending of SmackDown with Braun tossing Bray from a loading dock. Although I, I it was very <laughs> obvious. I know Greg. I think Greg was going to comment on it. It was very obvious how doctored it was. It was... I was still okay with it. They what they wanted to get forward worked. You know what I mean? My like favorite part I, I get is just, it. He like bounced up. Right. Yeah, you, I you saw it. He landed <laughs> and then his feet come up and you're like, was it only like a foot down? Like yeah. I don't understand what happened. He definitely didn't drop down at and then, all. And then uh is it Jamie? Is he the is that the yeah. one? He he jumps off the dock and it's like 
okay. It was weird. Yeah. It was definitely weird. It was doctored. It was obvious, but no, I, I had no problem. What with what they were trying to do with it was cool. It was it was a little bit more old school brawling again, where he's just very destructive. I like the the little smirk before he tossed him off. That was a nice touch. My favorite thing about the whole this whole segment was at the end. With the officials losing their mind at the incompetent ambulance driver as to why he's backing up. And I don't know the guy's name, but he was losing it. He's like, what is wrong with this guy? He's like, go forward. You're going the wrong way. The gate was closed. He's like, open the gate. They were flipping out. I think they made this moment better than it would have been without that. And then the fiend just... Coming out and the you know the the red lights, I thought that was a great spot to take I, us to SummerSlam. I thought the feed and the the fiend and the ambulance spot was really stupid. Really, it's I thought like it was one of the least creative things you possibly could have done. It for two supernatural monsters going at it, like okay, Spooky Man transformed and turned the light red and came out of the ambulance and laughed. You were already here at the beginning, motherfucker. Like it's not some crazy thing that you showed up. You were here two hours ago. I enjoyed it. I think WWE at this point there are some things they do that it's an expectation. I did I did I know this was gonna happen? Yes. As soon as Bray was in the ambulance, I knew Fiend was gonna be the one. It didn't surprise me, but I, I think I'm just back on the Fiend and almost anything they're doing with him works for me right now and it, it worked. I will say Caden is slowly getting to our level of a fan for it that he's calling matches so much and things that are about to happen. Like I didn't realize he was watching with that much like intent on it. And as soon as he saw the ambulance, the first thing out of his mouth is the fiend's going to come out of there. So Bray goes in, it stops and he goes, told you like, (laughs) The kid knows what's going I on. Like, I liked it. I thought it was a cool way to go no, to SummerSlam. I, I didn't have a problem. Am I going to sit here and shit. say they couldn't have been more creative? Of course they could have. And and that is their problem sometimes. But I like the moment. I will say that I was hoping Alexa was the one driving the ambulance. The Fiend should have flipped the ambulance. We've, we've seen a lot of things. <laughs> but I was hoping Alexa was involved in some way. Whereas like maybe she was the one that was backing up the ambulance. And then the, the Fiend was exposed. But we didn't get that. What do you got, Greg? So, my next rave is going to go to the promo between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole. This this shed a whole new light on Pat McAfee. Now, we know he's got his podcast. We know the guy likes to go on rants. And we know that he speaks very fluid because he gets very upset and continues to say things he wants to say. But the fact that he brought it here... Well, I'm saying a lot of people when they get upset, they I'm, jump. I'm not a lot laughing of at you. Oh. For the people who may not be able to hear it, I'm just laughing at the DJ across the street that I can hear the music blaring, as well as the construction on the other side of the street. Continue. So he he gets in the ring, and he's he just goes off on Adam Cole, just about how you know yeah he had this miraculous run as uh, the NXT champion, um, you know two time. Uh, your or whatever it was, European, not European. Uh, anyway, you get what I'm saying. The I can't even think of titles right. North American and just different stuff. <laughs> and then he was like, "But you, you surrounded yourself by, you know, UE and you're a goon. You didn't do it yourself. You, you basically had help this whole time to be what you are. Um, and then just not, not caring that he got right in the center of the ring with." Adam Cole. You know, Adam Cole called him out and he was like, you're not going to get in here one-on-one. 
while I'm not being held back. And he stepped right in that ring. Adam Cole backed up into a corner, let him say what he had to say. You know, I expected him to get attacked by Yui. I'm surprised that didn't happen because I wanted to see AJ Hawk tackle somebody. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and then just, I, I'm tired of hearing bitch thrown in at the end of every sentence. But Adam Cole, bitch. Adam Cole just basically getting into his face, not using a mic or anything. He's like, I will make you my bitch. That put a whole, you know, big thing on it. That's what really got me excited for it. This standoff worked for me. I wasn't super excited about McAfee and Cole. The standoff helped. Uh, him bringing in a couple of football players that I know mm-hmm. was pretty neat. Seeing seeing some guys for football um, brought into wrestling was was that was interesting. You know, you don't see that every day. I think Adam Cole looked like a superstar in here. I mean, the security came out. Cole beat the shit out of the six guys. Looked him right in the eyes, and he's like, "I'm I'm gonna make you my bitch." Like you don't know what you got yourself into. And McAfee all this time was you know calling out Cole and saying he's a bitch, but Cole came in there solo and was like, "Let's let's do this." And McAfee's the one who started backing down, and his his guys came up for defense. But yeah, I, I'm I'm interested. One of my favorite parts goes. was McAfee saying that he's made millions in seven different areas. But saying, but using that and saying, so if I wanted to, I can come here and make this number eight. That was, I thought that was a pretty cool thing to use. Like, I'm good at what I do and I can make myself, like, I make myself good at what I do. Yeah, I, the money part didn't work. That that was one part where I didn't like as much. Yeah. It's just like, okay, cool. Like, you made well, money in football. That doesn't mean you're going to be a good wrestler because you made money. I, I think, I think I knew what he was going for yeah. there. It didn't quite hit because it was more so like, I made money here and I'll make money there. Like, yeah, you're a great personality, but that doesn't translate to a wrestling match. So it does, though. It shows that that's what he's for. He's for the money. That's his character. I think, well, I think yes. it could have gone over better if he was just like, I've I've been successful in seven different areas, like seven different yeah. professions. Yes, that that could have went over Yes and better. no, because I but look I at it like, I, I, I look at it like, you. that doesn't mean you're going to win the match. Right. People will tune in, and I agree with that. But that doesn't. Adam Cole don't care whether you're making the money for the match. Adam Cole's just here to kick your ass and show you that you don't belong in the ring with him. So I think the way that was used kind of made it a little weird. But I I understand where he was coming from, what he was trying to achieve with that line. All right, on to the final round. My last rant is going to go to Ruby Riot versus Peyton over on Raw. Uh, I feel like. We're in the COVID era right now. I've been watching this since the Jurassic era. There's not a ton to say about it other than it bored the hell out of me. This match is marginalized. I honestly feel the same way. I I feel like this has gone on for so long that no one is coming out looking good in this feud. And I understand that you need to establish these teams. But the way they're going forward by trying to establish these teams and having them face each other one-on-one in a tag team match... For weeks upon weeks is exhausting. My final rant, and I would like, I personally would like my rant from last week back and rewarded to me instead of the rave that was judged upon, and that is Apollo Crews getting his win back with his own roll-up to make sure that we know for sure that no one is better than the other. Because last week, he was defeated by Shelton Benjamin, and I told you guys I didn't like that. And WWE 
made sure to tell you guys, and Roy specifically, that the Hurt Business is not that important. Shelton Benjamin is not that important. And Apollo will beat him this week so that none of it matters in the end. I actually thought Hurt Business looked really good this Monday again. They look good this week. After that, they it was it was odd. This match they did not. They it was 50-50 booking again. And then later they found a way to fix it. So I st- I'm still enjoying Hurt Business. I'm more pissed off at the fact that it's like, like I said last week, I'd have liked it much more if Shelton would have just got the straight win. And what did they do? They did a roll-up for Shelton, and then the next week gave a roll-up to Apollo. That doesn't do anything for anyone. And the three of us agree we hate that. And you're taking the Hurt Business and Apollo Cruz, two different things that I'm really enjoying, and you're doing your typical bullshit stuff. And at some point, if we continue on that path, we're not going to care about either one of them. All right, my final rant for the week is going to go to NXT, and it's going to be Shotzi Blackheart and Rhea Ripley versus the Robert Stone brand, Aaliyah, and I don't even remember. Welcome to the ball pit. I'm I'm so annoyed with whatever storyline they're trying to get across here. At first, I liked it. At first, it, it had some some comedy to it, some seriousness. I said it. I think I said it last week. Rhea Ripley's done. They they have taken her from the the pinnacle to the pit. She I don't see her coming coming back out of this, and, and unless she's put on to Raw or SmackDown, and even there, I don't trust that they're going to use her right. Um, and, and it sucks. And this is all because of COVID. She she couldn't get back out of her country because of their rules, and and it sucks that this is where we're at with her now. So, I don't disagree that this is a rant, but I actually think this is the best path for Rhea Ripley. Because really? I've seen her say that she's next in line for the NXT Women's Championship and grab her coat, like Roy says, 50 million times, that I want to see her away from the title picture. So, I'll take anything outside of her being in the title picture. And if that's fucking around with the Robert Stone brand, then so be it. I'll deal with that. I, I liked where they started with her and the Robert Stone brand and a lot of the humor. And I feel like a lot of that's going away. And in fact, I've said on this podcast, I kind of wish she would have joined mm-hmm. the Robert Stone brand. She would have been a much better fit than Martinez is. But now it's just, it's been drug out for so long. I don't care if she joins them or not. Yeah, well, now I don't. I was yeah. saying in the beginning, yeah. now I wouldn't. It wouldn't have the same effect. But I, I prefer this over being in the title picture. So you know what? I'll take it. <clears throat> and my last rave for the week is going to go to Monday Night Raw. And of course it goes to the absolute best wrestler in the world today, Dolph Ziggler. Showing once again why he is the very best over on Raw Underground when he took out... You told me he was the worst! Weeks ago, you Dolph said he Ziggler was the worst wrestler. the best wrestler in the world. Did you see those moves? <laughs> the thumb to the eye, brilliant. Laid him out. And I'm excited that there's a scheduled match for Raw Underground next week that I'm able to look forward to. Is there? A little bit more continuity. Yeah. He's uh, He fought Eric, right? Was it Eric? Yes. So he's going to Ivar. Ivar. Yep. So this was on my rave list. Uh, that was a kayfabe question for Roy because he did say that Dolph Ziggler was the absolute worst wrestler in the world based on his utilization for WWE and that he should be fired. 
And Raw Underground is saving guys like Dolph Ziggler. He's the best underground wrestler. He he looked fantastic. And and it was against Eric, who I take seriously, especially in a setting like that. This was great. I loved it. I'd love to see him and Ivar next week. I didn't know about that, so I'm looking forward to it. My final rave of the week is going to go to NXT. And it's something that I'm not sure I've ever done a rave or a rant about that I can recall. But I'm going to give it to the video package for Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. I honestly think that was one of the best I've ever seen. I, I can't tell you why. You know, it's a video package and, and some work for you, some don't. I loved it. I I was in love with this video package. And it took a match that I was already excited about anyway and really raised that level times 10 for me. I thought it was that well done. All right. My final rave of the week is also going to NXT, and it's going to be Johnny Gargano versus Rich Holland. Um, I feel like Gargano has... He hasn't really done it for me in the ring lately, and this match, uh, I I enjoyed both of them. Like, Gargano was... He, he had the upper hand, but Ridge still found a way each time to, to take him out and to stop the attack. Um, there was a point where... I legit thought the match was just going to get called because that drop on his head was, it was insane. Um, I don't know how he, he is okay. Um, but the fact that he, he was able to fight back, not only from that, uh, cause he could have easily said, just stop the match. Um, and, and to come back and to win, I just, I, it finally Gargano is doing something he said he would do in a way. Um, like we've said, we haven't really been behind this whole Gargano and uh, Candice LeRae change. Um, but this week, I felt like I felt like Gargano meant something again. I had a lot of just rotating thoughts on this match. I almost put on the rant. I ended up putting on the rave. I'm still not sure <laughs> if I wanted it there. I couldn't make a decision. Here, here's why it was so conflicting for me. I really enjoy Ridge Holland, and I think that the North American Championship that they have set up on TakeOver, they have done such a good job of putting people in there that belong in that match. Guys like Cameron Grimes, Damian Priest, uh, even Bronson Reed, who I'm not a fan of, but it makes sense for him to be in there. And they had beaten stars to get in that match. And I felt like Ridge Holland was the next one to be in there. It it made sense to me for him to be in that match, because to me... Immediately, he has felt like a star. That's not how it went down. And the low blow is a typical heel way of getting him beat. And I, I still don't know how I feel. I've went back and forth. Am I am I okay with it? Because I expected Ridge to win this match the whole time. And Gargano was one to beat him. After they told me he had never been pinned or submitted. Uh, is it just someone I shouldn't take that seriously moving forward? The, the thing that really swayed me was that spot with Gargano dropping on his head. Because that was, despite them not being live, I still didn't, I don't, I still don't know how real that spot was. It looked like Ridge botched the spot mm-hmm. and didn't flip Gargano all the way over and he just dropped him on his head. I would love to know whether that was a planned spot or not or whether it was a botch and Gargano just moved it forward and they continued on even though it wasn't live and they put it in there. I don't know. It put it on the rave side for me just because of that spot. 
But moving forward, I, I, I do think it was a missed opportunity not having Ridge win. All right. Well, Greg, why don't you tell me your favorite show this week and some of your honorable mentions? Uh, so my favorite show, it, I, I'm going to have to give it to SmackDown. Uh, the opening was fun. I love that they're in a different setting. I told you all last week that if they have a different setup and they're in somewhere where they can do some type of production, uh, we've got, you know, pyro back. We've got, you know, I think it's a cool look to have the, the fans on the screens in the, in the crowd. I think that, you know, it gives a whole new feel to it. And I'm, I'm behind that. Uh, as far as honorable mentions, I don't have any for rant or rave. I've, all my stuff has been touched on. All right, Blake, favorite show and honorable mentions for Rank? Really tough decision between Raw and SmackDown. I think that SmackDown, without the Thunderdome, I'd probably go with Raw. But I think the Thunderdome and just the presentation and a lot of things that were added swayed me more towards SmackDown. So I will say SmackDown was my favorite this week. For the Rant side of things, I had two that we did not touch on. One was in NXT, and it was Timothy Thatcher costing Finn Bauer against Velveteen Dream in the biggest loser match. And I I just I remember when we were supposed to get Finn versus Walter and it actually felt important. And what the hell has happened to Finn Bauer since then? I don't know about you guys, but to me, Finn Bauer is almost in a worse position now in NXT than he was on Raw. Uh, and it, And that's amazing in itself. I never thought that would happen. But Finn just seems lost in the shuffle now. And that was really disappointing for me. The other rant that I had was on SmackDown. And it was Big E with a roll-up victory over Sheamus. I, I need I need some big wins from Big E for this singles push. And that just felt like a cheap win that leads to a rematch against Sheamus. It didn't feel important at all. And it didn't do anything for Big E. So just to touch on the Finn thing, I agree with you. And it's crazy to think that literally this time a few years ago, he was winning a title and injury prevented that and he never really got back to anything. He beat Roman Reigns clean right. to get in that title match and then beat Seth Rollins. Clean. Like, it, it's... My how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Yeah. Roy, did you have any rants? Yeah. Mickey James and Natalia. I don't know who that benefited because most of the time was on Seth Rollins, and it was Mickey James who came back for a count-out loss. There was nothing accomplished here. Uh, I, I guess the point was to give Natalia that win, but it didn't do anything for me for Natalia. The whole thing was weird. Um, but I will also say that Seth Rollins got an honorable mention in the rave for me with how stressed out he was hearing the news about Rey Mysterio being there. Um, he just kept grilling, I think it was uh, Corey Graves, and saying, how do you know? How do you know he's going to be here? That was Joe. That was Samoa Joe, yeah. He was saying, how do you know he's going to be here? What proof do you have? He was so stressed out about it, he needed to know if he was going to be there or not, and I thought that was hilarious. That's interesting that you brought that up, because because of the two things, I didn't write it down, because I felt the exact same way. I felt like they took away from the match... But then I was so interested in Seth and what exactly. he did that I had fun there. So that's that's a unique perspective. And then another small thing is when Montez Ford came back, I thought it was really weird that you could be drugged at work and still be in such a good mood. 
I'm really surprised that he wasn't angrier to find out that somebody drugged him. He just instantly, like, he ran in, he did his attack, and then it was back to his goofy self. This was a good opportunity to add a little more depth there, some kind of anger, frustration, something. But it was just immediately back to back to the Street Profits' typical personality. Yeah, that, that is a mismark. And it's not to say he needs to be serious all the time, but at least for the this week. This was a situation that warranted. Now I kind of think you're a little stupid because you got drugged and you were like, yeah, we woke about. <laughs> we want to smoke. We woke about. You know I speaking of that sounded like boats. Speaking of boats, Natalia and Lana is working so much for me. I want to see more. This is the most I've ever wanted to see Lana and Natalia. I love that pairing, and I want to see more. Honorable mentions for Rafe. Great. You didn't have any. Um, despite it being a time I would have enjoyed a swerve, I did still enjoy Dawkins exposing Zelina Vega with Montez. Uh, I, I do think we would have been, a, been better off with a swerve, but it worked. Ray and Dominic with a little bit of revenge with their own kendo sticks. I enjoyed that. I'm really interested to see this match and Dominic and how he performs. I, I think this will be a fun match. especially I think a street fight is a nice way to get him in there. Just it fits the storyline. And it doesn't have to be pure wrestling because we know he can't stand up to Seth Rollins in a pure wrestling match. Six shots a week ago. Yeah, it was rough. That's it insane. Was rough. I knew it was a lot, but damn. The last two that I have, the, the beat the clock challenge, I rolled my eyes when they first started it. I was like, ah, oh, here comes Naomi. They, they had to tell me the former SmackDown women's champion, and here she is to take two pins six years ago. from Sasha and Bailey. But she didn't. She actually beat Bailey. And again, conflicting, because I've seen Bailey get pinned, and I don't really like it. But it was so surprising that I put it on the rave list because Bailey was so focused on beating the clock that she yeah, she exactly. lost her she focus. Constantly rushed in. It was great storytelling during that match because Bailey beating Naomi does feel a little unrealistic with the role that she's been on. But with her constantly looking at the clock the way she did, constantly running it, she ran straight full speed into Naomi's finish. Yeah, knocked her ass out. So I thought that was really good. Uh, they, the way they did it won me over. And also, the reasoning they did it. Because Sasha, you can see Sasha looking at the clock. Sasha's nervous. She's like, I don't I don't want her to beat my time. Sasha's pissed off because she attacks her before the clock even starts. Yep, yep. Sasha's pissed off about that. Then Bailey loses. And Sasha quietly celebrating over yeah. there. But then it's like, oh, well, let me help out Bailey and, and put like, a straight face one, on. It's okay. You're number one. The things that came out of this worked so well, and that's why it ended up being a rave for me. I think Naomi looked great, too. Yeah. she She's in a bit of a rut. She's somebody I think that we, we all still like. She's in a bit of a rut, and if you just look at it in terms of her advancing her career, this makes complete sense that she would come out here and she would say, let me let me face you guys. Whether she believes she can be successful or not, she's got that time on TV against the two top women's draws right now. And I love that she was so impatient. She kept saying, which one of you is going to fight me? They wouldn't answer. Eventually, she just said, screw it, and hit them both. But she, it, was, it was great to see that aggression from her. Because you could see her getting more and more annoyed. She said, who is it going to be? And when they wouldn't answer, she just said, screw it, and took them both out. Yeah, this was, this was something that they did. They really just helped all around. And, and it was it was fun. The last thing I have for the week is the Firefly Funhouse with the beautiful reenaction of love featuring Huskis and Ramblin' Rabbit. I laughed at this. I thought this was well done. 
and it was another Firefly Funhouse that I enjoyed. Two of my honorable mentions, uh, the Hurt Business over on Brawl. I thought that they were booked again, and specifically, they were booked great again, and specifically, the pettiness of Shelton Benjamin. To go after this 24-7 championship belt twice, just because he's pissed off about losing the match earlier. Like, I, I don't know how much Shelton truly cares about this belt. I really feel like he was just being petty. And when R-Truth ran past, and Shelton just angry, just lost the match, takes the belt off him, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. He lost it again later, took it back again. I think he's just having a good time beating these guys up. Um, the trifecta of moonsaults over on SmackDown, Luchao's party versus Cesaro and Nakamura, I thought was a pretty good tag team championship match over on SmackDown, as well as I liked some of the frustration that we're seeing between Lucha House Party because it makes sense. We've been seeing a lot more of them. Social media is talking more and more about them. They feel like right now is the, the most traction they've had and they couldn't get it done. So of course, tensions are gonna be higher than ever. And we've even said that we're seeing more personality from them and how much we want to see more of them. And I think this is a step in that direction. And then Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw, we talked about when he was at the commentary, but also I really I really feel for Seth a lot of the times because he does these awful things to people, but they still will constantly come out and challenge him and say, like, come out. It's like, okay, but you clearly know what I'm going to do. You know that, I, that I'm going to go for the numbers game, that I'm going to try and do some crazy shit like take your eye out, beat on your kid, whatever. And you still keep calling me out. Of course he's not going to be backstage and say, no, I'm not going to come out and do it. If you're calling him out, he's going to come out. And Ray Mysterio did it again, and I just fell for Seth. He said, Ray, you have one eye, and your kid can't stand straight. What is wrong with you? I was cracking up because it was so true. I was like, seriously, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep challenging this man. What more do you need to lose? Um, and then lastly, the the reveal of AJ being the one to run in and kick Jeff Hardy. I don't know if they had showed that earlier during the attack or not. I had only heard that Jeff was injured, and then when they showed it, and you just see plain as day, AJ walked down and stomped the back of his leg. Absolutely hilarious. And the little segment that they did backstage, too, where he ended up doing the cheers with Bailey and... Sasha, that's a little bit of that world building that we talk about all the time, something that I really liked. Uh, let's get to the results. I'm going to tell you guys you should be ashamed of yourself. Because this week, your winner, NXT! NXT! <laughs>